Hi, I'm Mark Renner. This is Victory Over Sin. Saturday morning to you. My name is Mark Rennick. This is Victory Over Sin. Victory Over Sin, what I do at the first part of the show is to explain what we are and what we're doing and who pays for it all. Victory Over Sin is actually a function of an advocacy arm of St. Vincent de Paul here in the Treasure Valley. And what we attempt to do with this effort is to educate you, the Idahoan, about what it's like to be incarcerated and to come out and be on parole. We do that in several different fashions. One of them is this radio show, which surprisingly we're going on almost over three years of doing this radio show. If you go back to the archives of KBXL and look up Victory Over Sin, you will see a whole array of people who have been in the system, just out of the system, going back into the system, directors of the Department of Corrections, some national figures, local politicians, uh, state politicians, and what we all are talking about are issues that affect those of us who come out of incarceration. It's really a good body of work, if you will, if you're trying to understand the correctional system. So take a look at that at your leisure, and hopefully that helps you kind of understand what goes on. In addition to that, we also have a 20-minute PowerPoint that we present to your business, to your church, to your local group. If you're trying to find out something about the Department of Corrections and how it works, we'll be happy to send somebody out to offer that PowerPoint to them. It's a situation that they will share information that kind of should spark questions. The great thing about that is that it is led by a returning citizen themselves. So at the end of that, they're able to field the questions about everything you want to know about Department of Corrections and hopefully spark a discussion. Again, if you see a theme here is to educate you, the Idahoan, about what happens in the Department of Corrections and how you probably need to pay just a little bit more attention to that than you have in the past. It's important to all of us who live here in Idaho. In addition to that, if you've been listening for a while, you understand or at least now know that uh, we're coming up on a two-year anniversary for our office. We have an office at 8620 West Emerald Suite 140. That's on the corner of Benjamin and Emerald. And in out of that office, which operates Monday through Friday, 9 to 12, we attempt to serve everyone coming out of incarceration on day one. So we encourage you, if you're listening to me in the desert and you're on your way out of parole, you want to stop by my office. We've got some links for resources. We can write you a voucher for some clothing on the immediate day. And generally speaking, this will be a place for you to check in. All of our staff have been incarcerated, so they understand the procedure of where you're coming from and what you're attempting to adjust to as you're coming back into the community. In addition to that, if you're in the desert and you do not have a ride from incarceration, rather than have one of the case managers drop you at parole office, uh, ask your case manager to write me an email, and we will pick you up, bring you, and kind of take you around that first day. Those are the things we do. Surprisingly, with the COVID uh, kind of still occupying most of the issues within the Department of Corrections, they are obviously still letting people out. The procedure is getting a little smoother in terms of that approach. 
but our, people are being released and we still are picking people up and people are still coming to the office. It's actually surprising because the traffic in the office is actually picking back up to post-COVID or pre-COVID level uh, situations. So look for that as you're about to be released. And also too, we surprisingly, we take a lot of calls of family members and loved ones who are concerned about their folks who are incarcerated. We'll be happy to answer those questions as well too. The best way there is just really to come into the office and talk to one of us and link and kind of pick up some information that we certainly have readily available. Uh, today we've got a special guest, um, a gentleman coming here from California, bringing his operation to the state of Idaho and expanding hopefully to our Department of Corrections. And we'll be right back in just a second. The United States has the highest percentage of its population in prison in the world. That's 1 in 200 Americans are currently serving time in a federal or local prison. As of May 2017, Idaho has 8,223 men and women incarcerated and another 17,201 on probation and parole. So upon release from prison, who works with these individuals and families to help them transition back into our community? This is done by what we call Returning Citizens Resources and coffee shop. We offer them a cup of coffee and some resources and information to help get them on solid footing with their faith, their recovery, and to begin their new life as our neighbor. It's designed for the offender's first stop from the institution. If you'd like to help us help them, please contact Mark Rennick at 629-8861. That's area code 208-629-8861. And if you're out in the desert needing any help for your transition, we pay for that call. So today we've got, um happy to, a person that I just met recently. It's been kind of nice. He's up here visiting from California. He's going to move here. His name is Travis Ritchie. Travis, how are you? I'm fantastic, Mark. How are Good. you? I'm going to call him an entrepreneur. He's an advocate, I think, for returning citizens. And he's uh, his latest venture in um, California, which we hope will be here soon, is called Accomplished and ED is uh, Capitalize Their Ventures. How are you, sir? I'm fantastic. We'll get into what that is in a second, but why don't you tell me a little bit about you and your background, where you're from, and all those kinds of good stuff. All that fun stuff, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm an East Coast guy, uh, born and raised in Boston, and... Uh, you can't hear the accent. No, no, no. My wife says, unless I'm uh, hungry or tired, uh-huh. it'll come out, <laughs> and then we'll tell you where to park the car. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and love it. Loved a fantastic childhood and upbringing. And uh, really enjoy anything from the East Coast, uh, lobster, shrimp, and football. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my 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 uh, endeavors led me through University of Miami to uh, business school, and uh, had the opportunity to work in finance for many years. And uh, and after we were married and, and tired of the snow, we moved our way out west. Where did you go first? Arizona. Yep. Yeah. First Arizona, and then to California. Yep. Okay. Well, you picked a good place, I'll tell you. Yeah. Um, but you're ended up in, in Idaho, so that's absolutely brand new. I understand you bought a house, and you're coming up, taking all your millions that you had in equity in <laughs> Southern California real estate, and you're coming up here, and you bought a mansion someplace. <laughs> we are grateful for Idaho real estate. Yeah, yes. Goes, uh, <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Yes. So those are the people, when I moved up here, I moved up here in 95 and you had to take your plates off your car real quick because they were uh-huh. angry at Californians. Now I think they give you some kind of 
token or when you cross the right the, the border coming in saying welcome welcome give you flowers or i something. think there's a support group as well that's it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've noticed quite a few people are coming up here and everybody we spoke to realtors moving companies there's a lot of oh yeah a lot of coming. migration yeah, everybody's coming it's yeah. like now you have to join the effort to say now there's too many people here now that you're here right there's far too many people <laughs> please go home right Right. Yeah. Traffic is crazy. Please don't come up. That's right. It's terrible. Yes. And the weather's terrible. And weather's horrible. That's right. Weather's terrible. Yes. So tell me about the issues that got you involved with uh, corrections, if you will. Yeah. And maybe before you do that, explain accomplished uh, ventures. How about that? Yeah. Happy to do that. Happy to do that. Uh, accomplished Ventures was formed to bring educational, job training, hard skills, life skills, for reentry and return citizens. That's the mission of Accomplished Ventures. Uh, what does that mean, right? That means that we offer educational programs, courses uh, inside the prison system. And we do that both in person through coursework. And we also do that digitally through some of the tablets that are available in some of the prisons around the country. Okay. And how's that working in California? It's working very well in California, I'd like to believe. Okay. Um, About how many campuses or ventures? Because there's like 32 prisons. How many prisons are there? Correct. In? I think there's 36 or 37. Okay. It's quite a few. Uh, we're on almost a dozen campuses now. Okay. And we have a couple different courses depending on the campus. Okay. Uh, Typically, what would be, when you started out, what was the first kind of course that they took advantage of and how has it progressed in terms of programming? Good question. Yeah. The first course was, uh, was an overcoming adversity course. It was what they term life skills. Okay. It was the way that we got our foot in the door and really just having conversations with individuals about critical thinking aspects that perhaps got them where they were or are. And then looking at it from a different perspective, taking the optimistic approach that there's, they're, they're here for a reason and that life is a journey, not a destination. And so we're to understand and kind of unpack some of the things that transpired in their life to have landed them there. So I can picture people out in the desert, and I'm going to say that because that's the prison zone. Okay. Um, Travis knows where they are because he's seen them on tape, and then the other day we went out and I gave him a tour from the outside. Yeah. A windshield view of the prison <laughs> zone. Um, a windshield inspection, we used to call that when I worked for an old cap agency. I have to do windshield surveys, that's what we call it. Okay. We go out and take a look around. Uh, so typically... The people who would be listening to this day, they've taken a life skills. Oh, yeah, it's pretty lame. Mm -hmm. How do you make your approach a little bit differently than the programs that, to be honest with you, I think they still teach it in the yeah. Department of Corrections here in Idaho? Yeah, they definitely still teach it. And it's a, it's a conversation that I'm open to having, an uphill battle, I think one that you're heavily involved in as well. Life skills are fantastic. I believe that they teach certain things that are are necessary to the individual. But what I can tell you is that 24, 48, 72 hours after that individual has been released, belly breathing and counting to 10 does not pay anybody's bills and That's does true. not find anybody a job. That's true. That's true. And uh, talking about so much, um, I think one of the things was the mock sort of interviews for jobs and stuff like that inside always seemed a little bit um, on the lame side. Kind Correct. Of when it wasn't involved in a real case scenario, it was hard for us, I think, to take realistic view of that when we were X number away, months away, we were just kind of killing time. And, right. and so making all those issues credible inside is no difficult task to kind of grab your attention, I guess, if that makes sense. Right. No, absolutely. And a lot of, a lot of these guys inside, you know, are great salesmen. 
Mm-hmm. They just perhaps were selling the wrong product. Exactly. And they're always selling certainly whatever their ambitions were for their life that probably borderlined on ethical and uh, legal. Correct. So, yeah. And that, you know, that's one of the things that I like to talk about when I very first got started was we started an entrepreneur and training course. And that was my first, uh, my baby that I was able to take in and really unpack to the prison system. And the way that I did that was I spoke to the, the individuals in charge of Department of Corrections at CDCR and said, these people were business owners. They were entrepreneurs. They were just, as we said, in, in the wrong industry, perhaps. So what I wanted to do was take that in initiative, that desire, that hustle that they have to build a business and to do something with their life and turn it into the right way. Mm-hmm. How do I set up the business? What, what's my business plan? And really give them a purpose and a direction when they hit the street or hit the gate. Yeah, I think that's um, that's so important because I think even the people who work in the system understand the system, understand how that energy works for them and it ignites their passion. And somehow if you can tap into that and see that they are have that value, then uh, that's you can totally make that into an asset for them and for you. But kind of getting them on board with that's a difficult sort of chore and it sounds like that might be what you're trying to do. It is. It is difficult at... at at the outset. I also believe though, once they see the data, when you have a yard of, you know, three or four or 500 inmates who mm-hmm. are taking a course, who are programming, we all know we've walked on program yards that just have a different vibe and a different energy, yep, 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 yep. right? They're, they're optimistic, they're grateful to be there, and there's much less issues on those program yards. Uh, yeah, I totally, and it's just like night and day, there's a, there's a, uh, listlessness in the eyes of people on the on the tiers and stuff or on the yards where people know they're going nowhere and have nothing and where people are in, enthusiastically looking forward to something. There's a different look about people, the way they carry themselves, the way they walk, the way they interact. It's everywhere. You're right. And, you know, it's interesting to speak specifically to that. When, when we very first got started, one of the first prisons that let me in allowed me to go sell to sell. And, and start basically an application list of individuals that would be interested in this oh, program. Really? Yeah, they didn't believe in me. They said, yeah. you know, good luck. We'll see how many you can get signed up. And if there's an interest, then we'll vet those individuals who are interested based on their behavior level. And then we'll put together a, a class for you if and when, you know, you jump through our hoops of fire. I said, okay, no problem. Yeah. And so that, that look in the eyes, as you said, when I would go sell to sell, knock on the door, and they would realize I wasn't with DOC, and I was here on my own day, my own time, and really trying to implement a program that would benefit them. I tell you what, Mark, I needed more paper because of the people that signed up. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. It's, a, it's what's sometimes, it's not so much even in the correctional system, it's that one-on-one, uh, I have nothing vested. This is something I really feel strongly about. I need to enter, entertain the fact that you might be interested in that also, and then to spark that conversation. It's like a lot like coalition building. It's a lot like everything else we do. If you you look to the standard operating procedure it's just never going to work but if you take your own energy and start working with something it it can and it can be very successful right and you give these guys a vision you know whether it's one month to the gate one year or, or or perhaps never on some of the yards that i visited you give them an opportunity to wake up each day with a purpose yep absolutely absolutely i know i saw when i, I was in the california system too and i know that um I didn't want to be, but they made me be a firefighter the first time. And so and when you were in that class for everybody going out to fire camp, there was an energy on that yard that was 
even the people that weren't enrolled in the program, they would watch us go through the motions and stuff like that. But the people who knew they were getting out of that wall and going out where there was sunshine, where there was no walls, there was a motivation for them to get totally involved and say, this is worth it. This is worth it. I'm going to follow the rules. I'm going to do what I need to do so I can get to a better spot. Correct. And then in the end, you had a skill. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that is. And, and I think, you know, a lot of the, one of the things that plagues at individuals coming out is employment. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these individuals have time in there to say, you know, when I get out, this is something that I want to do. I want to build my own business. It could be a welding shop, could be a pool company, could be a landscaping service. But how do I do that? How do I actually walk myself through that? So when I hit the gate, I have a plan. Yeah. And I think if you have a plan with somebody that's sort of laid that out for you in advance, it's not so much a, a dream that I'm trying to sell to my bunkie or to somebody who's looking at you like you'll never pull that off. It's something that you've worked on and you've given some thought to and had some support to do that. So that really does force you to kind of look within yourself to maybe want to change internally so that you can make that work. Correct. Yeah. And as you're going through this course, you you learn so much about yourself. Right. And there's so many things when, when I have this conversation with, with DOC, there's so many quote unquote life skills that are being learned. When, when you sit down with a peer mentor group and you pitch them a group, you're learning self-confidence. Or I'm sorry, you pitch them your business idea. Yeah. You learn self-confidence. And you also learn rejection. And you have That's to right. take that c- constructive criticism and turn it back around and say, oh, I didn't think about that. Thanks for your input. Right. That dialogue happening inside of prison walls is unparalleled. Yep, yep, yep. And it's just, uh, I, can't, I can't say enough about the fact that giving them that situation allows them to think, allows them to be positive. And it's so much different than I'm going down to a classroom to take this class, this class, and this class. It's sponsored by the University of, uh, dare say, Cincinnati or whatever. And those those models that cognitively approach that and all that evidence-based stuff uh, makes it difficult. It's just so hard to measure the human spirit. And it sounds like what you're doing is tapping into what potentially is somebody's human spirit, which is what we need. Yeah, it is what we need. And it, and it spreads like wildfire. I've been on, I've had a couple opportunities to be inside of visitation um, while, you know, on, while the inmates were visited by their friends and their family and to hear the feedback from the family members to see that, you know, I mailed home my business plan or to understand that their friends and family were working on the outside to help them set up a, a, a dot com or a domain yep, yep, yep. is is it's a different level of thinking. As you said, it taps into that human spirit and you just you can't measure that. Yep. yep. I know that when we spoke uh, this week, we were talking about lots of different things, but you talk about uh, your publication called Don't Use a Credit Card to Buy a Hamburger. I love the title, number one. And and that's a financial piece, right? It is. Yeah, it's a financial piece. A very simple book. It was my first uh, first endeavor into writing. I didn't I didn't realize how much I would enjoy it. Um, I had the opportunity uh, in 2012. Had the opportunity to teach at Cochise College uh, a business course, and uh, was let off the yard every day because of my background and because of my degree. And I started teaching simple finance simple financial literacy. And what I told everybody is that you don't need to make money. You just need to keep the money that you make. You invest it wisely. You save it appropriately. You live within your means. Those things were easy concepts for me to understand based on my background and education level, but it it wasn't easy for me to articulate to some people who had been in the system for a very long time. Mm -hmm. So my simplest analogy was let's pretend today we go out and we purchase a cheeseburger 
on your Visa card or your MasterCard. And I showed that purchase of $12 and over the lifetime of just paying the minimums, how much you actually paid for that cheeseburger, yeah. eightfold, ninefold, tenfold. And I, I, uh, ever since you've said that, I've always, I've envisioned how Dave Ramsey would do it and how you've done it. <laughs> and it would just, it's a different sort of approach and your approach would really work. That's the simplicity of it uh, just um, gravitates towards me. I love it. That's so I'm going to have to get a copy of that. Yeah, I'll send you one for That'd sure. That'd be great. Um, anything else in terms of those, those projects obviously are something that as you move up here, they're going to stay in California, but you're going to live here. So we're looking for people who are listening to us today. If you're a program administrator, you're in the Department of Corrections, and uh, this sounds like something that's interesting. Uh, often you found that Idaho Department of Corrections tends to come up with those ideas on their own and tends to promote those issues from within, usually a managerial kind of thing down. And so I think what we're hearing is if this sounds of interest to you, get in touch with me or, or we can – at the end of the show, I'm going to let you know how to get in touch with me, and I can pass that on to Travis, or you can right now tell us how to get in touch with you. Just want you to do that in case somebody's listening right now and loves that idea. How do we get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, our website is accomplished.tech, A-C-C-O-M-P-L-I-S-H-E-D.tech, um, and you, you can reach out to Mark as well. He has my contact, my cell phone, my email directly, yeah. but I would be more than happy to to have any conversations and dialogue about taking real-world applicable skills into the prison system, whether it's a, in a reentry format uh, outside the prison walls or in a course format inside the prison walls. Yep. I think he's been here and we've been talking about the differences between the California system and the Idaho system. And what I've led him to believe is that there are tremendous amounts of work to be done here in Idaho. That's pretty much what this show is all yeah, about. Agreed. So what uh, we're attempting to do is anybody who rallies around this and if you're driving around and you've never gotten involved with this, and the pleas that I've asked of you before aren't uh, triggering, hasn't triggered you before. Maybe this one does. And this is one that actually could really make some changes. And so if there's a way that you have either through influence or you want to volunteer or help with this effort, uh, reach out to Travis or myself and we'll do that. That would be great. And I think to your point, Mark, it doesn't have to be monumental efforts no, to make big changes. No, 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 not at all. I disagree. I totally agree with you there. I think everybody, if, Everybody says, oh, please, Mark, go fix this and fix all these laws. It's not me that's going to do it. It's you and I and all of us by just mm -hmm. simply having a conversation with a legislator or an elected official about this so that they're more keenly aware of it. Or having, in this case, having a simple conversation with somebody who is somehow in management, Department of Corrections, and saying, yeah. hey, and so they run it up the food chain and it becomes that idea. Simple things can make things work. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, and it just takes an idea. Uh, and then usually you have to give credit to the people at the top for being at their idea. But other, if you do that, <laughs> I'm okay with you're that. You're okay with that. I'm okay with that. As long as it works. Absolutely. And it does work. Oh, That's really the thing does. that they're really looking for, right? It truly does. If you're humble enough to say, that wasn't me, that was you. Congratulations. Thank yeah. you. And you're going to get a lot farther than you are. If that was my idea, I want credit for it. And Correct. Please pay me a, res you know, a residual right. fee for that. Uh, yeah, that'll work much, much better. And at the end of the day, the community wins. That's it. And that's it, really. Uh, if you think we're doing this for... Uh, financial gain, uh, we're trying to do this to change the system because I'm, I'm interested in people who are following me out of incarceration to make it easier than it was when I got out of incarceration. And that's truly what this is all about. And that's truly what the show's all about and the work that's done out of my office, particularly if you're interested in that too. In a second, I'll let you know how to reach me and let's get you involved. Um, 
let's deal with that a little bit in terms of your perspective from California and from here. How important is it for somebody coming out to get involved with, um, certainly establish yourself, but then once you're established to kind of be bold in where you were from and to be an advocate for that. Can you talk about that maybe for a sec? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think fortunately right now, the narrative in America is very favorable towards second chances. Mm-hmm. And it, it hasn't always been that way. And so I believe that oftentimes you have great people who've just made poor choices. And sometimes people were just aware of the circumstances that they found themselves in. I don't think that we should throw away the individual and, and forget about them for X period of time, days, months, or years. I feel that in order to change that system, if you will, we have to make sure that that individual comes out better than they went in. Mm-hmm. And in, in order to make sure that that's a data set that we can articulate to, we need to figure out why the individual went in. So often you'll, you'll, you'll read a piece of paper that says, Mr. Jones, you know, is here on, you know, this particular charge. Well, Mr. Jones just doesn't love vehicles in his backyard. Mr. Jones probably had a different issue that led him to take said vehicle. Mm-hmm. That issue is, is, is more often than not, not being addressed. Yep. I, I wouldn't agree. I just, I would agree with that totally. I think also, since you're talking to me on a Christian radio station, we'll talk about the fact that certainly if Jesus Christ is going to forgive them for their sins, uh, who am I to stand out and say that they've done something uh, wrong and to judge them for that. And I think a, a more a community can do that and recognize the fact that, hey, listen, guys, 98% of the people who live out in the desert south of Boise are going to be released and they're going to be in our community. So let's just embrace it and let's work together to try to provide as many opportunities to challenge them to change their lifestyle and their heart, if you will, as they are released as possible. And that's that's the stuff we're all trying to do. Correct, correct. Because yeah, yeah. as they get released and as they have more opportunities, then you'll start to see this recidivism go away. Yep, I totally agree with you. And, and that has nothing to do with counting from 10 to one backwards. That has That's everything right. to do with giving people opportunities to live like actual humans and be real people and have a purpose to wake up to every day. Yeah, we're going to find out who did that 10 to one. Who, who's responsible <laughs> for that exercise? I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to use it on my four-year-old. She's a little, she's a little stubborn, so I'm Doesn't trying to go ten to one. But if I'm having trouble with her, I'm not sure how I'm going to do with a grown adult. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about the pace you keep. You keep a pretty strong pace. How do I you do. do that? I do. I do. Um, I, you know, my why. I oftentimes start out with when I sit down with an individual or I'm inside a prison. I want to find out people's why. Uh, my why is my fantastic wife and our soon to be four little ones. Uh, that pace motivates me beyond anything. Um, I need to wake up every single day and make sure that 20 years from now, they live in a better world because of the things that I did today. Yeah, sounds good. Mr. Travis, it was nice. We lost all our time, but I appreciate it. Uh, I think we started something that will grow and uh, go forward and we'll be able to help each other. I look forward to that. I look forward to it as well. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Through Jesus, there's victory. All the chains that were holding me Kept me locked in captivity Have been broken by grace so free When he poured out his cleansing blood Motivated by his great love Give me faith I need to rise above And sing a song of how I've overcome I've got victory over sin Bringing peace to the fight within 
Okay. You can see we always get some interesting sorts of guests, and Travis, well, I think he will be an asset to those of us coming out of incarceration here in uh, the state of Idaho um, on an ongoing basis. That We look forward to that. If you need to talk to me about what getting in touch with Travis or anything we talked about today, I'm easy to reach, www.systemicchangeofid.com. You can send me an email at systemicchangeofidaho. It's all spelled out there at gmail.com. We're actually on Facebook, Systemic Change of ID. We're on Instagram, Systemic Change of ID. Man, you can even call me on the phone at area code 208-477-1006. Look forward to talking to you next Saturday afternoon on Victory Over Sin.